Well, hey there, guys. Gays? Hey there, gays. I'm s apparently I'm like Scottish or Irish or something today. I don't know what's going on. Yeah. Hey, gang. <laughs> way, to, way to offend people before we even start the show. It's good. We're, we're off to a great start already. This is fantastic. Oh, man. Well, well, everyone, welcome to another episode of Engage. I'm the captain. I'm Captain Chase McKinney. And um, joining me today are uh, Lieutenant Commanders David and Eric. And uh, David is just doesn't like us. And he just decided to stay where he is. But Eric decided to come hang out with me. Yay, live and in person <laughs> in Chase's studio. <laughs> studio, air quotes. <laughs> David, you, you 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 were invited, by the way. I guess you just don't want to get in your truck and actually be around us. It's 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 like yeah, a false friendship. Drive the however many. I don't I don't I don't know. Like twenty some odd hours. Be? Is it is it yeah 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 I didn't yeah, <laughs> yeah right it was about ten hours for me. So I can only imagine coming from Ohio how much yeah. further it is. <laughs> it's it's a little yeah, it's a little bit little bit of a drive. I mean, you know, I, I've driven ten hours straight, you know, doing like the Virginia Beach thing. That's yeah. not that's not terrible. I can do that, but Sure. Uh, yeah. Take a couple pit stops along the way, that'd be great. <laughs> the only time you ever allowed to stop is to get gas. Use the bathroom at the same time. <laughs> No, seriously though. I mean, that's kind of my philosophy on long, long drives, and I'm not a huge long drive person. But yeah, that. I mean, one of the trips to Virginia Beach was with people, and it's like, oh, let's stop and get like snacks and stuff. It's like, no. Do you want me to drive? No, I just want to drive. Like, leave me alone for a little bit. Need gas? Absolutely. Great. <laughs> well, yeah, Eric. Um, we, we've talked about this on the show before that Eric was. Um, you know, he has family in um, South Central Texas, basically, and um, I'm not in South Central Texas. I'm in North Texas. So Eric uh, came down. Um, he got to my house around on Thursday and Thursday evening, and um, we had some lasagna for dinner, and then we, were, we really partied it up on Friday, like really partied up. We went to a bookstore, and... Um, another toy store and we recorded another episode of the podcast so it, it, we were like really really partying it up like crazy hey the best part we watched this episode together that's true that, that's that's a true statement forgive me if part? i lo actually look at him since he's sitting like right next yeah. to me <laughs> now texas i mean texas is a big state so when you're talking about like South Central Texas, North Texas. I mean, that's still quite a bit of a drive between that, too, isn't it? Yeah, it's like, what, four and a half hours? Yeah, four and a half hours later today, I'll drive down to San Antonio. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, Ohio's not near that big. You know, being in legitimately the central location within Ohio, it's, you know, two hours to Cleveland, maybe two, two and a half hours to Cincinnati, depending. So, I mean, it's... It's a lot easier to get from one edge of the state to the next, but mm -hmm. yeah, Texas is much bigger. Yeah. I mean, it's it would probably take you like what, 2 or three, 2 2 and a half hours to get from the tip to the top of of Ohio, of Ohio right? Like from yeah. South Ohio to like Toledo. Yeah, I mean it it's not it's not that bad. It's not that bad at all. 
shoot, you can, I mean, Eric, you could almost drive from like South Ohio to like Traverse City almost in the same amount of time as it's going to take you to get from my place to your 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 family's place. That's probably true. <laughs> oh, you know, ma- maps are kind of deceiving. Well, you're taking something round and trying to lay it out flat. There's going to be some distortion. <laughs> no, we, we should just do uh, what the Muppets do and just travel by map. Like you're there like in a montage, you know what I'm saying? It'd be fan- it'd be fantastic. Give me like the, the Indiana, Indiana Jones. Jones. Yep. Yep. Well, okay. Yes, Indiana Jones, a hundred percent. But like, if you watch the Muppet movie, like the one that came out, however many years ago, maybe like close to a decade by now, um, they act- they coined the phrase like "travel by map, travel by map." Anyway, and nerd, you're a nerd. Shut your <laughs> shut your shut your pie hole. Yeah, I didn't just spend my. My night nerding out over two different fandoms, so uh, yeah, I'm I'm fine. I'm, yeah, I'm not you're not a nerd at all, David. Nah, I've never been called that in my life. <laughs> never, not once. <laughs> oh man, well, uh, how how have y'all been? I mean, I know I I told you guys about Eric coming down, but how have y'all been this last week? No, I've been good. Um, you know, it's it's end of year stuff, so work's been. A little bit busier but aside from that just you know waiting for christmas and because of the whole you know pandemic-y thing i'm we're not really doing a lot of gathering but i'll be driving you know dropping things off like i did for thanksgiving and uh, you know should be fun <laughs> i don't know we got some snow people like snow sometimes i don't know you no. live in the midwest because you want snow. <laughs> uh, well, I, I don't live in the Midwest because I want snow. I live in the Midwest because nobody's talked me into moving anywhere else yet. So <laughs> I'm just here. I was born here. But uh, yeah, it's certainly not for snow. I could do without snow. Snow is not something that I care much about. Hey, just just come on down to Texas. I mean, everyone else is. Why not? I mean, I think Eric's going to be moving down here, like, next week, based on our conversations. I mean, come on. Are you, like, are you like building up a collective or something there? Are you just trying to get everybody to, like, you know, come on. Come Resistance on, is futile. I'm just saying. <laughs> that's, the te- that's the new Texas slogan, resistance <laughs> is futile. <laughs> <They're> <laughs> your, your state sucks. Resistance is futile. Visit Texas. Oh man, yeah that that sounds that sounds about right. That'll be my job when I go down there. Tourism board. Oh man. Well, speaking of the Borg, you know maybe. This this is this is the theme right now, for you. I'm just saying. You're about to get blowed up if you don't come to Texas. No? no you don't I feel don't, threatened at all? I don't feel threatened. I'm Dad, gum it, man. What are you good for? Not much. <laughs> all right, man. Well, how about how about you, Eric? Um, I'm doing great. You know, 
know, I got to visit with my good friend here. Um, going down to see my family. It's good times. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, it was. It was. It was pretty cool being able to to sit in the living room and watch this episode and um, <clears throat> a certain unnamed uh, fandom's new episode together. Better fandom. What? Sorry, I, lo- I lost you on that one. It's better. You have a better show. That doesn't better mean show. you have a better fandom. Dang. No, that's fire. No, that's true. No, that's true. The fandom can be kind of garbage sometimes. There's no <laughs> doubt about that. <laughs> All fandoms can be garbage at some times. You know, I will say, though, the one thing about Discovery. I don't get things spoiled for me mm. before the episode, before I get to watch the episode. That's hey, a positive. We watched The Mandalorian at, like, 4.30 yesterday afternoon, and we managed to avoid spoilers all day. I didn't. All day. I didn't. I saw I saw two thumbnails. Somebody thought they'd be funny and put up thumbnails. Knew it was happening. Well, I mean, I, I had a vague idea. I can speculate pretty well based upon a couple of thumbnails. Mm-hmm. I hate that. I am not one of those people who is going to wake up at like midnight just as something drops and watches it. That to me just doesn't, it's not me anymore. No. It's never really been me. But there are people that legitimately have done that because everybody is so quick to spoil it for everybody else. Yeah. I mean, like, not fun. I, I get up at, at 530. I don't think that's that bad to, to get up and like watch a show, um, especially if I have to get ready for the rest of the day, you know? Um, I mean, it's not that big of a deal. Like, 5.30 is fine, and, like, I take my daughter to, to daycare, and usually, like, I'll I'll play something on YouTube and, like, listen to it while I'm driving. And um, one of the folks that I listen to, one of the YouTubers, always has, like, brand new content, like a review of a new Discovery episode, like, that morning that it dropped. And I'm like good grief now mind you they're in australia so it's probably like i mean there's like a 15 hour time difference i'm pretty sure between us and australia but still like that like the fact that i can basically have a review by the time i get my daughter to daycare that's a little much that's a little much and speaking of a review we should probably do one um by the way but i do want to put one of one of uh, our friends david i want to put one of our friends on blast real quick and that's sir ezra kirk okay i don't don't know if you're listening to this dude but you need i need you to tune your ears into the sound of my voice right now okay you're a troll dude i love you man but why why are you trolling people i mean you put last christmas by wham on your insta story you're sending all these people to wham holla you're 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 not playing nice with whamageddon this season so I feel better now. I had to get that out. I was I was just listening. I was I, I saw Ezra had on his personal page, on his personal Instagram account, had updated his story and it had The Last Christmas by Wham on there. And I've been doing so good, like a week to Christmas, like six days until this thing ends. And I was like, yes, I'm gonna be victorious and not go to Wham Hollow this year. Nope. My wife and I, we both looked at each other, and that was it. I have no idea what you're talking about. You have no idea what I'm talking about? What are you, what are you talking about? 
You seriously have no idea what I'm talking about? No, I have zero idea what you're talking about. Okay, now it's time for a little, uh, a little no, side quest. No, but this is a true story. Because I was sitting, like, in the living room, and they both looked at each other as they were watching this thing at the same time. Yeah. So... <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what happened, actually. I'm gonna let me pull up the rules for you, David, and that way you can feel a little bit more cultured and stuff. So, anyway, okay. Hold. David, in your defense, I had never heard of this either before Shay's mentioned it to me as is, is this like a meme or a game or? It's it's just a fun dumb little game like to not listen to a certain song um prior to like Christmas day basically and it starts so it starts it starts on December 1st and where to go I don't even know which account I put that on anyway it starts on on Christmas day or I'm, yeah, I'm sorry it starts December 1st and it ends at midnight December 24th um, and what you do is like, like it kind of implies you avoid it like the plague. Here we go. Whamageddon. The rules. Here are the rules of Whamageddon. The first rule. The objective is to go as long as possible without hearing Wham's Christmas classic, Last Christmas. The second rule. The game starts on December 1st and ends at midnight on December 24th. The third rule. Only the original version applies. Enjoy the heck out of remixes and covers. The fourth rule. You're out as soon as you recognize the song. Bonus rule. Post on social media with the hashtag Whamageddon hashtag when you get hit. Uh, PVP question mark. While we can't stop you from deliberately sending your friends to Whamhalla, the intention is that this is a survival game, not a battle royale, so don't be a dick, okay? So it's it's just okay. a dumb little it's just a dumb little little you know holiday season Christmas season um, doohickey. Yeah, never heard of that. Um, the 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 Christmas music in our household were was the same three uh, cassette tapes and then CDs. Uh, so really, I we never even listened to much. Like you know, Mariah Carey's thing, or or even Wham's, but uh, Air Supply, Christmas, the Oak Ridge Boys, Christmas, and then there was a rando one that had like Elvis's Blue Christmas. That's the only thing I remember. So okay, and I was forced to sing that when I was a little kid, <laughs> and I hated it. <laughs> hated I'm it like, so much. I'm so tempted right now just to to wham all the listeners right now. Well, Chase. you can't be a sore loser. Yeah. But why not? Did you not read the last rule? <laughs> it said, don't be a dick about it. <laughs> so te technically, I'm still in because I haven't heard it. So there you go. I win. Yeah, well, I might win. Er Eric's out, by the way. I'm out. He was there when it happened. He's definitely out. <laughs> I was winning without even knowing it. God, I'm good. Congratulations. I am just, just so good so good all right now now that we have our rambles out of the way these first 15 some odd minutes of the podcast um we're about to enter spoiler territory so red alert this is not a spoiler free discussion 
as we talk about Star Trek Discovery Season 3 Episode, what are we on? Is this 10? Sounds right. Terra Firma Part 2. And um, if this is your first time listening, now that we've got our rambles out of the way, if this is your first time listening to an Engage episode with us, uh, welcome, first. And uh, second, this is um, where we go through and we talk about um, the episode um, in some depth, I guess, to an extent. And uh, we just kind of talk about, like, the plot. We kind of talk about uh, just general impressions, what worked, what didn't really work for us. And then we um, later on we'll do, like, a little evaluation piece with the Delta and also with the um, 1 to 10 rating of one being a dumpster fire, 10 being absolutely amazing. So um, sit back, relax. Again, this is your final warning. This is your final red alert. This is not spoiler free. So with that, um, Terra Firma Part 2, it's here. We watched it and uh, picks up right at right where it ends, um, back in the mirror universe. And we're seeing more and more of it. Um, and this is what we clock this at like this was a 45 50 minute episode i believe yeah it was like 49 minutes yeah and 31 32 of it was all in the mirror so this was a lot of mirror that we got and i think eric just just to kind of maybe bring part one and two together eric i think you had said like just just time alone this could have been combined maybe into one episode perhaps with like at part one, I think it was like 20 some odd minutes and this was 30 some odd minutes. Yeah. What I said is that for some reason, Star Trek discovery says we're going to try and stick to this 45, 50 minute window. And we're never going to let ourselves have longer episodes. But I feel like this two part episode really suffers because it didn't have to be two episodes. It could have just been one episode. And the little padding at the beginning of last week's episode and the end of this episode just felt like padding and we have to force this to be two episodes instead of just one. Yeah, what do you, what do you think about that, David? I was so disappointed. Because the exact thing that Eric said is exactly was exactly my reaction. Why did we just spend two episodes here? And I, and I and to to be fair, I've also stated on here that I'm not a particular fan of Mirror Universe episodes. Traditionally, I'm just not, you yeah. know. And there were no goatees, so I'm. I'm just saying, I want more goatees, or at least some tweedly mustaches to, you know, sure. I need to know that they're evil, okay? But no, it was, it felt like we gave up on this season a little bit, and I also have to say this, and, and I, I feel like I'll, I don't know if you guys will want to talk about it more, but I will, probably. It felt like we were giving this giant send-off and I, at the end, I was like, okay, but, like, why did we have to do this in two episodes? Sure. It's I felt not like we gave Captain way. Pike or... Uh, never mind. 
I don't want to be bitter. Well, yeah. No, be bitter. I mean... I mean... What? I, I just don't get the point. I'm sorry. I just don't get the point. Sure. <laughs> yeah, it... This could have been... Easily just like a one-hour episode. Just make it a one-hour episode. You know, give like... I mean, like, the whole thing was 50 minutes, so, you know, five minutes on the front end or whatever, five five minutes on the back end, and you're done. I mean, we, I think, I was talking to Eric about this, like, Mirror Mirror, fantastic episode. That truly was 52, 53 minutes, because that's just how it was in the 60s with television. But in a mirror, in a mirror darkly that was so self-contained and that was it and they did a good job with Enemir Darkly and Enterprise and of course you know we've talked about like with Deep Space Nine how it like pops up and um, you know we get a lot of a lot more Mirror Universe and even some Section 31 stuff thrown in for good measure and that but even then they do a good job of keeping it very self-contained and not you know taking away from like the main overarching story and I don't think that they did a very good job with that with what we saw in part two um so we'll be it'll be interesting for us when we talk about like the evaluation of like this overall episode but it was it was a little much and why did we have to come to such a screeching halt borrowing a line from eric with with this show you know anyway all right so let's let's get into the like the story so um we we go in and um michael burnham's being hauled into the brig or whatever that is that she's being hauled into um some de- detention cell whatever and um george is giving her like a stern talking to and she's just being michael burnham i don't even need to say mirror she's just being michael burnham and then eventually thrown to the agonizer and you start to see Georgiou kind of having this um, like reflective moment on like why won't you just listen to me why won't you just listen to me which is I think that's fine this is a nitpick kind of thing okay gents this this is not meant to be a trick question what happened at the end of the last episode with with Georgiou and, and Michael Burnham She spared her life and said, "I'm gonna drag you to detention." Mm-hmm. What did did uh, did Philippa did 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 she pull anything on Michael? Like a gun, sword, anything like that? Yes. Okay. She pulled a sword and like cut her cut her neck, and there was like blood and there's a gash on it. A little bit. This episode. This episode, we open, and there is not a single bit of blood. There's not a single gash on her neck. Like, that continuity was just driving me nuts. Like, it's it's been, like, moments. It's been moments since that happened. Yeah, but, I mean, you patch it. I, I get where I get what you mean, but, you know. They, they did make a very specific kind of point of say you know like Culber like force feeding her and all that sort of stuff I did like one thing that I did think was funny 
was the constant sliding of different food at her, and like one of them was just like an egg and French fries. <laughs> it like, seemed like there was less food as time went on. It just it like just made me. It's the like there's plate. yeah, there's just like this single sunny side up egg with like a huge bit of white, and then some French fries. It's like, dang, you know how to live. And then eventually, it's just <laughs> a piece of bread. <laughs> but she finally she eats the piece of bread. That did that made me giggle a little bit. I thought that was just kind of funny. So I do want to talk about this opening montage, I guess, where we're seeing Michael in the brig and in the agonizer booth, and we have this monologue from Emperor Georgiou. We were talking about Shakespeare last night. Yes, we were. Did you get any like Shakespeare vibes from this whole scene and the way Georgiou was talking? Because I kind of did. Which, oh, if you're if you're specifically asking me, I didn't think about that. <laughs> no, I don't know. It just kind of felt Shakespearean esque. I can't really pinpoint it to any specific play. I don't know. It just kind of felt like it was. I mean, it was that same vibe. I mean, it was. I mean, it was definitely giving off like soliloquy vibes. That's for darn sure. Um. But like the 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 whole like why won't you listen and you only learn through pain, that moment is that what you're talking about? Yeah, that moment. And then when she brings her the jar of firefighters and she's talking about the night terrors and maybe you never got over them. That just felt like something you might, you know, have read Shakespeare and that's why you wrote this scene. I mean, that might. I think if if you're gonna try and make a Shakespeare connection, that would probably be maybe most in line with like maybe the tempest um it might be a stretch with like midsummer but i think tempest might be probably the closest to something like that like tempest has a lot of whimsy to it and i think that like some of that it has like whimsy and some of like the the groundedness that like we were kind of seeing with georgiou and like the the firefly and the soliloquy stuff so i don't know it's an interest it's an interesting thought though especially like with our with our our discussion of a of a start uh, not Star Trek a, a Shakespeare podcast. I don't think we're going to do that though. I don't have time. Unless people write in and say, "Hey, we need this." <laughs> hey, hey, you know what would be really cool? Just not a Shakespeare podcast. Two pod or not two pod? That is the question. <laughs> yeah, I really, I really like that Macbeth guy. You know, that'd be pretty cool. We could talk about him. I don't oh. know why a bunch of over-exaggerated hillbillies would be into Shakespeare, but uh, <laughs> I mean, talk hey. about. Well, I mean, we already offended, you know, Scottish people. I might as well offend other Southerners. Yeah. Well, I'm a Southerner. Thank you. Thanks, bud. Yeah. You and you, you Yankee. You're welcome. You Yankee. Why, why you Yankees got to keep putting your boot on us Southerners? Well, you know, Ohio, we view ourselves as Southerners for some reason. <laughs> why? I don't know. Because we're certainly pretty well north. But, um, you yeah. know, it's, it's those Michigan people. 
they always act like they're better than us. All right. Well, thank you for uh, for tuning in to the <laughs> these are the voyages. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you know they cancel one football game (laughs) oh man like that's like that's taking church away from from all the southern folks you know like you you, you, there's no foosball and you know what do you do with your life (laughs) especially in texas especially in texas good grief all right someone save me someone save me so anyway, about uh, excess torture, and uh, you know that's fun, right? You know, like it's never fun seeing torture, right? No, never. But I feel like there are episodes in science fiction where we have done torture very well. I mean, obviously, Chain of Command. Yes. But there's a great Babylon Five episode called Intersections in Real Time. It's fantastic. There's some torture on Battlestar Galactica. And you really get to experience it from the person being tortured's perspective. But this is the other way around. And it's really odd to see how Georgiou views this torture as herself changing and herself becoming less um, of the dictator and a better person. And it's very odd, I think. Yeah. Well, yeah, and and I think I I do not enjoy uh, torture. I I don't enjoy gruesome things, you know, like the Saul movies. I think that they're garbage. And I'm sorry, I know that there are a lot of people who like those. I think it's garbage. Um, so when when you do psychological torture, though, that's a different thing. My problem is, you know, when you try and go gruesome, like, here, I'm going to pluck your eyeball out. It, ha- it, it, it holds no interest to me. This is a bit more psychological. Mm-hmm. Um, you see the physical pain a bit, but then you sort of deal with the mental aspect of it as the episode goes along. Mm-hmm. So I get that. The only thing, the only thing that I think, uh, I don't know if it's lacking. So you know, maybe you guys can put in your two cents. But Georgiou throughout this episode always has an answer to every step. So I, I like smart characters, but she doesn't really slip up. It's like she, she's. She's obviously Terran. She was former Emperor, but she's not quite that Terran anymore. She's learned a new way. But she's justifying her new way in a way that, you know, some of these characters understand a bit more. And I just feel like sometimes you have to slip up a little bit more, you know, especially when you're out of place. Because she is, in a way, out of place. And I think that that's the point towards the end of the episode. I don't know what you guys thought about that but, or if I'm just overthinking it. Well, let's let's look at like a particular scene then, David. Um, what about where um, she's in her, I think it was her robe or something, with um, Saru, like her servant Saru, and saying, like, I've met another Kelpian, and, you know, go hide away in your room, and stuff like that. Like, she kind of, like, puts her cards on the table, and 
I mean, would you say that that's slipping up? That that's her showing that she's changed more more intentionally? Well, well, yeah, there's that, but I, I guess I guess more more so like the interactions with like uh, Tilly here, and kind of uh, almost stroking her ego a little bit, but also sort of bringing in a little bit of you know her supposed new way, and you know Tilly just kind of goes along with it. Whereas again, oddly enough, the only one that seems to and, and I don't want to go too far ahead, but the only one that sort of seems to continue to see through this is evil Michael Burnham. Yeah, I, I would say that Georgiou actually does slip up because, as you said, not trying to jump too far ahead, but she doesn't see the double cross coming, and it was so obvious to me that that's what was going to happen. And I would think that Georgiou from before the show started would have easily saw the double cross coming as well. Well, but I, I think in a way she, she maybe doesn't completely want to believe the double cross, but you know, Wusakun and, and Tilly do show up. So she clearly had a, at least a little bit of a backup plan if something went wrong. But yeah, I mean, the emotion, I think, to your point, was almost... Uh, it, to me, it seemed more incredulous. Like, you know, can you just like just go my way here a little bit? Sure. But I, I, I don't know. Do, do, do you believe that she really believed that Michael had fully turned, or do you think she had reservations, though? Because I thought she had more reservations about it still. I think I, I don't I don't know about about like the Michael Burnham double cross kind of thing. I think that maybe part of it was because she has spent what a year, two years inside this show with one them. whole year. Yeah, yeah. So like, is it has it been a year? Sorry, I was trying to bring back that old joke. <laughs> no, no, I was gonna bring that up too, because we have like oh that that joke, my bad. We have like made Gosh. so much fun of and mercilessly mocked Michael Burnham for talking about how this one year has changed her so much, and I honestly didn't think Georgiou changed all that much from where she was when she first came to our prime universe and where she was last week. I mean, there were some little changes, but they really amped up the those changes that I never really saw. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree. I don't, I actually, even towards the end of this, I don't, I don't know that she changed as much as as much as you may want to think, I think once we get to the eventuality of the story and what will happen afterwards, I think we'll see a similar personality because that's kind of the selling point of the character. But like even the bigger reveal that happens later and the rationale for the final action in the show <laughs> being very covert here as to not jump too far ahead. Um, they still only like bring up 
oh, well, this one thing you, you did different, so it's all cool. So I want to bring something up. This is, might be like a little sidestep, but, you know, like going back um, a handful of episodes when we first meet the Federation again, right? Or Starfleet, I'm sorry. They're interchangeable as far as I'm concerned at this point. Um, when we first meet them inside this season, we meet Kovic. Kovic's, whatever. Um, and he's talking about this chimera strain and that that's essentially what's made the Terrans different from us. And again, not trying to get to the end of this episode, but we're, we, we see kind of like the end game of all that Philippa's been through. So for me, I don't know if, I don't know what you guys think about this, but I'm, I'm kind of wondering if, if discovery is maybe getting like lost in the sauce in terms of like what message we're trying to push regarding nature versus nurture. Did y'all think about that at all? Well, I did, but I never really believed that that was real when David Cronenberg first said we discovered some biological reason why the Terrans are the way they are. And Philippa kind of plays that off in the interview by saying, don't try and throw me off with some biological reason for the way I am why I am. So... I thought that was just an interrogation technique. So I feel like it's just more of the Terrans are the way they are, not biology. Yeah, that's that's how I took it as well. Okay. I just, I don't know. Like just seeing like the I don't know. I, I don't think that you, things are said just to be said. So, I mean, maybe it was an interrogation tactic. Maybe I'm giving it more credit than it's due. Um, anyway, just I, I was thinking about that, like this whole, like if if there is in fact a nature versus nurture aspect, like kind of conversation that's kind of taking place underneath all of this stuff. And I kind of want to say yes, that maybe there is. Question mark? I'm Ron Burgundy? <laughs> well, I mean, that would be, like, the normal philosophical discussion that Star Trek is interested in having, but Discovery seems to not be interested in having that type of discussion. So, I would love it if that's what they were trying to do, but I'm just not sure they are. Yeah, I mean, we Trek, Trek is always, and sometimes maddening, maddeningly so. It does attempt to, uh, well, uh, I'll ju I, I won't go too deep into this because me and Chase have another conversation to have about a book. But one of the things that I've always had a wee bit of a problem with, and this actually, well, I'll just equate it to an episode of Next Gen, um, when Worf gets hurt. And he has his little spine, spinal yep. cord transfusion. And the difference between humans and Klingons and, and the way a Klingon uh, sees 
death or potential death, uh, life, uh, without, you know, being able to stand on one's two feet and, you know, continue the path of the warrior is not life at all. And where we're, we're always trying to almost explain the Federation way, which is more the human way in some cases. And, you know, again, like getting back to your, your thing about trying to explain Terrans in the matter of biological difference. Personally, I'm not a huge fan of that because I would just rather them have had an entire evolutionary path that made them to this and then you just start talking about how one choice can lead to another choice but if you make you know multi-universal mm-hmm. sure. type of things i like the idea that you, infinite choices can lead to infinite directions as opposed to eh, biological bug made you bad can't help you you know sometimes we we try and over science things that can just be more philosophical but star trek has definitely went in both directions, which is why I can like things and, you know, sometimes have problems with other things, but it is what it is. It's a varied universe, so. Gotcha. Okay. All right. So, um, I think we're, I mean, agonizer booth and all the torture, the food sliding, uh, the firefly conversation that happens in the brig and Michael, says I'm I'm your Huckleberry again. You know, I'm I'm with you. And we go on a wild goose chase for Lorca or a Lorca associate at least uh for a hot second. Now, did was I the only one, maybe I was the only one since I'm bringing this up. But was I the only one that thought that that was like what was his name? Kevin Pollock? Sydney Pollock, Kevin Pollock. The guy in a few good men. Jackson Pollock. Something Pollock. No, this was not that guy. I, I know. I know it wasn't that guy, but when I first saw it, it was like, is that him? But it's, it's not. It's definitely not. I don't know if y'all had that. I, obviously, I'm the only one that had that thought, so we'll move on. Like, are, are either of you disappointed that we didn't at least see Lorca on the view screen or something and blow up his ship? Because there was so much talk this episode, last episode, and online, oh, we're going to get a Lorca cameo, and it didn't happen. Are either of you disappointed? Yeah. Not in episode two. If we would have done that in episode one of a two-parter, I think that that would have been better. I mean, it, my, my only thing is what, what would be the point of a cameo of a character of that in quotations magnitude to just be in the second half of a part two of this arc which is just kind of another yes and moment so but if you would have brought him up in the first episode and like had at least a small part to play I think that that would have been neat see I'm not disappointed because I never liked Lorca in the first place. So I'm like, <laughs> I don't really need to see him. And Jason Isaac gave an interview in June or July where he said, it might be interesting to see like prime Lorca. And maybe he's still alive somehow. And so when we got to this episode, I was like, 
Well, he said that for a reason, and I fully expected to see him, but then we didn't, and I'm okay with that. I mean, if you're if you're gonna tease someone, I would hope you'd bring him out, personally. So, I think it would have been cool to see whether it was Prime or Mira Lorca on the ship or somewhere nearby, or just you know him show up and you just shoot him in the head and that's it. I mean, I thought that would have been just fine it would have been fun but i mean why why say why say lorca other than like you know he's an important figure at this point you know with within the the story but why why name drop that many times if you're not going to do it so like it just felt like a waste to me like all that set up for nothing chase did you need another execution <laughs> yes <laughs> My goodness, we killed everybody else, okay? Let's kill Lorca. How many again. more executions do you need, you bloodthirsty... I'm done. I need 47 more. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all know about 47, right? No. Eric, do you know about 47? Yeah, there's all kinds of hidden 47 references in Star Trek. <laughs> All right. Um, I mean, there's nothing, not much else. I mean, they bring the dude on board and and then like crazy stuff happens, right? Yeah, for being 31 minutes, I really don't feel like all that much happened. And for me, there's not that much to talk about. We could talk about Georgiou and Saru, because I actually really liked some character development out of this, I'll call him, not Saru. You know, I feel like we've seen a lot more development in just those two episodes than we have from real Saru this entire season. Okay. Yeah, it makes a little bit more sympathetic to this particular character. Um, <laughs> basically begging to be called, you know what I mean? And then mm -hmm. learning, you know, the, the lie, as Saru had to, learning the lie that this was not the end. And But what about my sister and my friend and all this stuff? And it's like, you know, you living is avenging them type of deal. And Yeah, I mean, out of everything, I actually thought that they're – the interaction between, you know, Mir, Saru, and then, um, and, uh, Georgie was probably one of the better, better parts of this episode. Did you like how Saru and some other Kelpians came to Georgie's rescue? <laughs> Listen, <laughs> the character design of that particular species, um, is, is cool, but you have these giant hands, okay? And these little <laughs> blasters, and they're already exaggerated to be a little taller. So they come through the door with these blasters and their giant hands encapsulating the entire blaster. And and they're like, ah! And it, yeah, it was, it to me, it, <laughs> I laughed. I thought I, I, it was great. It's like, oh yeah, the Kelpians are coming. Uh, but it did make me laugh, so... <laughs> <laughs> Not like a laugh of mockery, but it's like, oh, this is cool, but they're big old hands and they're little tiny blasters. This is fun. 
What was that? Was that Culber that they threw, um, that he threw up onto the ceiling and back down? It was someone in like a medical uniform, that's all I know. I think it was Culber. Actually, just a uh, slight aside. Um, what were you guys' thoughts about just shooting people in the head? Well, I just said that I wanted to see Lorca shot in the head on, in this episode. So, yeah, I mean, you, you know, I, I violence is violence. It is what it is. You're, you're going to have that. Um, but it seemed like we really stepped that up to like really super blatant, and then we're going to roll over the dead body again. Mm-hmm. Well, we're in the mirror universe. We're evil. So we don't care how much blood and guts and gore we do. Okay. <laughs> oh, and by I mean, the way, um, you know, stabbing in the neck, you survived that for a little while, right? Apparently. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But being stabbed in the abdomen... Insta-death. You, you, you pretty much... Right, right. Insta-death, yeah. KO. Yeah. And by the way, did... did Maybe this is me, but... Do you think that they ran out of a uh, little CGI budget for a couple of things? Like the sword? That, that, well, that and something coming later, but I'll I'll say that. Uh, but yeah, the sword seemed the a little sword. bit... That was bad. A little bad. I didn't even notice. The sword, okay. the sword was bad. I, I just thought that was weird, but then all of a sudden it's like, ah, first I have a knife in my neck. I'm going to pull the knife out, be okay for a little bit, just enough time so Saru can come and, like, hold me, and then I can say some words. So, that was interesting. so speak, speaking of CGI, um, the I wanted to talk about this just because I thought it was kind of cheesy. Um, the part where... There's a part where, um, you know, Michael Burnham is tasked with, you know, killing, you know, traitors, saboteurs, et cetera, et cetera. And um, it's like, you can take Detmer with you. Detmer can, you know, be your tag along and, and whatnot. And they go and shoot, shoot, do some shoosting. It's fun. Lots of shoosting in this episode. And uh, stabbing. And, you know, starts throwing down, like, these, these different, like, Terran Empire pins. Right? Like, first it's it's Landry, who made an appearance, by the way. First appearance since season one, since she died. Well, she was in last was episode. She? Well, yeah. okay, I'm sorry. Yeah. But, like, if we're talking about Terra Firma as, like, a story, like, it's her first appearance since season one. And um, and just and she just starts, like, flinging these these pins in, like, ultra slow-mo, like... And, and then, like, she's, I'm like, okay, cool, that's the first one, whatever. Making a point. Second one, and I'm like... Are they really gonna? Are they gonna do this for every single pin? Praise God, it was only those two. I mean, I was already over it after the first one, but like, and then she like dumps all those out. I'm like, dang, that would have been an episode itself, just like throwing them in slow mo. You had to, you had to give Bryce a credit, if only by name. Which one is Bryce? Is he the communications or the op? Or the tactical security, whatever. You're the one that's supposed to know this, my man. I know, and I think that's a problem. <laughs> Didn't I say like that's my that's my biggest issue is like we. 
Hey, they mentioned Nielsen too. She's a commander. She has darker hair now. That's fun. Oh, and by the way, I thought this was cool too. So they had Nielsen and they had Arium on the bridge. So those two actresses both played Arium. So that that was cool. Like that they brought the other Arium in, not a robot. Cyborg thing. Not a robot. Not a robot. And and Detmer with no thing on the side of her head. No metal thing. Do we want to leave the mirror universe yet? Yeah, can we just get the coolest part? Like the only part I was like, yeah. For briefly. Okay. Let's go there. So, okay, we leave the mirror universe. And we're back on a snow planet. And apparently, Philippa's just been laying in the snow for, what, a minute? Is that what it was? But she, yeah, that's what you said. Yeah, been laying on on the cold ground for a minute, but yet she had like some kind of recorder on her wrist, like her tricom or something, that said that she's got three months worth of data. So she lived three months worth of stuff in a, in one minute, which is that feels very much like a like a like an inner light kind of thing to me. But anyway, and there's Carl, not Cal, Carl. With his with his little bowler hat and cool little little jacket out in the snow, and then stuff happens, explosions happen. Is this the cool part that you wanted to talk about, David? Yeah, this was the cool part. This is the cool part you wanted to talk about. All yeah. right, David, you take it away then, since this is what you nope, want to talk about. I refuse. You're the host of the show. You have to say it. <laughs> Just say it, Chase. Just say it. I was right. I was right. Last week. I was right when I said it. This was the guardian of frickin' forever that shows I love, up. I love the sound bite that they dropped in there. Yeah. That was that was sweet. Yeah, so Chase and I were watching this episode together. Yes, we were. And I before we started, because he had already watched it once, I was like, you're not going to be one of those people that, like, when you've already seen it and somebody hasn't, you're just watching the other person watch it, and you're like, did you see that? Did you see that? Did you see that? But totally, when this scene happened, Chase looked at me and was like, I was right! He was like watching me watch it. He was really doing that. <laughs> I, I, think, I think I waited at least a moment before I did that, by the way. Like, I think I let, I think I let you know, Captain Jim Brass get get the Guardian of Forever sound clip out of his mouth before I did that. Yeah, I think, you know, because the door blew apart and it came back together. I think you waited until the portal, doorway, whatever, came back together. But, and and to be fair, I did not watch you watch the show the entire time. It, I think it was like, I just, I turned to you and I was like, hey, Yes, just this one moment. Just the right? one moment. I wasn't a creeper. <laughs> he was. Oh, I wasn't a creeper. Sure, Chase. Okay. Shut your shut your mouth. <laughs> so, Goodness. did you guys like that it was the Guardian of Forever? And I know we had thrown back and forth Guardian of Forever, Q, something else. Did you like the fact that they did this? I I like the fact that they did. 
honestly. I mean, I, I, for one, okay. They've never met a Q. And, Q, and we, t- we had this discussion last time. Like, I think Q should be like a next-gen kind of staple. But obviously Qs can go to any timeline at any moment they want. So I like the fact that they they brought the Guardian of Forever in and that they used them the way that they did. Even if it was just like a throwaway line. I, I just liked it. I mean, I thought it, I thought it was well done, personally. David, what do you think? Yeah, I, I, I like it. I liked it, but um, the original episode where we kind of first see Guardian of Forever. City on the Edge of Forever. It's an awesome episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's an awesome episode. It's, it's one of my favorites. Um, this is not one of my favorite episodes. And I really hate when we um, waste good characters on bad episodes. Because it's not it's not Star Trek. It's not one fandom or another. It's not one show or another. But at times, you will see characters show up as a means to pump up a particular episode that's maybe not so good. I don't particularly care for the fact we dropped because listen, when when that sound clip played, I was like, yeah, I really had like a visceral reaction. It was it was a reaction. I was like, this is great. And then afterwards, and you guys can disagree, but our little um, funnel thing, doorway. The Stargate? It, yeah, it looked like crap, okay? when it's, it, Especially when you get a little closer up to it, like when it was sort of halfway in frame as, as Carl's talking. I thought it looked like garbage. So I don't expect them to do like the... the <laughs> the little scenes and mist and stuff like from the original episode. But all I'm saying is if you're going to do it, do it right. Like do it good. Like do it more gooder because it felt like a complete waste and a way to make what Eric has been saying since the start of the season happen. So you just ferried one idea to another point without having much impact. Like, legitimately, this character, the, the the Guardian, is legitimately just a vessel to make another thing happen. And that's where I yeah. kind of have an issue. Yeah, and so, The City on the Edge of Forever is an amazing episode, and it has a great philosophical discussion. Are you willing to let one person die to save the future, essentially? But... Yeah, that's not what's happening here. And the Guardian says, oh, well, we had to weigh you to see if you were worth saving. But I never really felt like Georgie was worth saving. Did she really change all that much? Did what she did differently when she went back into the Mirror Universe? Which, which Was she really even in the Mirror Universe? Or was it some kind of simulation? I don't really felt like she earned this new opportunity. Um, and so I really thought, felt like, as David just said, and as I've been saying, you're just bringing in this iconic thing to up up nostalgia. 
and it's a contrived way to just get you to this Section 31 series. And, and let, let's let's well, be honest. Let's be honest on something real quick. You know, like only folks like us, people that have been in the Star Trek fold for a while now, are going to know what the Guardian of Forever is. You know, like it's going to hit more with us than it is someone off the street that's maybe only ever seen like newer Star Trek. Like that's ne- if they've never watched the original series or or even the animated series, they're not going to know or give a crap about what that thing is. You know, it's not it, like you, like David, you said that you had a visceral reaction whenever you you heard the voice when the thing happened, the big reveal happened. And I'll bet you a buck or six donuts that's not going to be the case for for the other folks, you know, that don't have no idea what it is. Right, and then and then just to tag on with Eric, th- this was the part I was alluding to earlier, where you know, talking about weighing her, and, and it's like, well, you did. You know, you did do something different with the Kelpians. That was cool. But you still tortured somebody into essentially like Stockholm Syndrome. I mean, that's what you were trying to do. You didn't do anything different, really. You just told a Kelpian that he was going to survive. So, yeah, how how much has she changed? I Not really much. It just, it again, sorry. It just seemed like do a waste. You, do you, did y'all, y'all get, at all get the... Um the thought, the idea that what they were trying to do was, you know, obviously they were trying to bookend it, I think, but did you think that they were writing her as if this was the same Philippa that we saw um, in season one on the Shenzhou? Shenzhou? I did. Like, the way that she was, like, leaving... And about to step into the portal, I I felt like they were ri- trying to write her that way. I thought that interaction how, felt weird to me. That and that how goodbye says it, at that moment. You are my Philippa. Yeah, it, it felt What's a little strange. Mean? What's that even mean? You're my Philippa. Your Philippa died, lady. She dead. You done blowed her up. It was your fault. It's like you're better than than the one I I may or may not have you know led to her death it just seems strange and this is where we start getting into the same crap that I have that that I've already I've already said in other episodes this whole cringy kind of weird crew dynamic because we even get this again this whole episode is legitimately feels like or these two episodes is just a send off why would you waste, and I'm sorry, if it's a really cool character, I see how people do that, but like, I like Georgiou, she's fine, but you're going to dedicate two episodes to effectively not that much growth in a character as a send-off, and then effectively setting up another show? Yeah, Eric and I, were we talked about this, like, as the episode was ending, about how much Eric, and I'm sorry if I'm stealing your thunder, dude, but how much Eric despises backdoor pilots and they're they're annoying and um (laughs) eric gave me a look whenever i was saying like um i wasn't too crazy about assignment earth and he's like oh you mean like the one that was like based on the book that you and i talked about i'm like yeah but i liked the book i just didn't like assignment earth like it was just boring to me yeah so 
another science fiction show that's airing right now basically spent its entire season setting up backdoor pilots and the whole purpose of its season was to promote these other shows and I very much dislike that and I very much dislike it here because we spent two episodes when we're supposed to have some series long season long art and this was so unnecessary and yeah I like George you too but are either of you interested really at all in the section 31 series I have I, I, ever since they said it like what was that like earlier this year maybe late last year I've I've had zero zero interest in section 31 as a show yeah I mean it meh but I, I, I will say I'm going to defend my fandom a little bit here Eric alright oh, snap I know what you were talking about ding 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 no and, and you you are right uh, about that you know the the other series did spend a lot of time setting up um, characters for potential future series and I think it was a tester because that company I think has a bit of a shell shock because of people being so negative about a lot of their ideas so they did but I will say this those characters are a lot more interesting than freaking Philippa Giorgio. And I'm saying it. And that's the case. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I will give you that point. <laughs> that those characters are more interesting than Philippa Giorgio. Yeah, but I, 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 I do get what you mean, though. I was, so. expect, I was expecting that to be a little bit more fiery than it was. I'm, I'm a little disappointed, guys. Come on. That's a discussion for another time. <laughs> all right so um so anyways philippa goes through the stargate and ends up somewhere else and uh we'll see her again in section 31 if the show actually happens and i guess what happens next is just like really short very very short um saru's talking to admiral vance before we get to that, let's just stick on the Georgiou. We go to the mess hall, and we have this send-off, I guess, this where is the rest I'm of the crew is about. toasting her. Yeah. And I don't believe this for one minute, that every single member of this crew like liked Georgiou and has nice things to say about her. Not one person got up there and said, she was an asshole. And she made uh, life miserable on this ship. And she put us in danger. And good riddance. I'm glad she's gone. Not one person. I think the it, most. I think the most honest person on there was uh, was probably Detmer. Like she was just trying trying to find something nice to say. So she talked about like her her cape and her boots. <laughs> yeah, but. I mean, it's just so cringy. I don't. I. I just don't understand that. I don't understand the delivery. And then she's my mirror that I could crash into a wall with. What the hell does that even mean? What did any of this stuff mean? 
Like, I'm not an overly sentimental person, so maybe I just don't get it, but this entire thing felt forced. And it was the same force that they did the Tilly thing with, mm. and um, uh, there was one other kind of, like, uh, mess hall moment that I, unless I'm making things up in my own head, but it just, it, it's just, it's like, where did your guys' chemistry go? Where did season two's crew chemistry go? Because these people feel uncomfortable as hell with each other. And it bothers me. It bothers me so much. I did, and, and, I, and I can't make sense of it. But I will tell you one thing that we skipped over here. Book to the rescue, man. Book's coming in to the rescue, doing everything that everybody can. Oh, and by the way, uh, Re- Jet Reno just shows back up with some liquor. Yeah, I was going to mention that. Because... David, you made this joke. Where is she? Did she yeah. disappear and slip into some subspace bubble or something? And literally, that's basically the dialogue in this episode. I, Reno, where are you? I haven't seen you in the beginning of time. <laughs> oh, I've just been, you know, doing all these conversions. And you're taking my power. You're not supposed to have food in here. This isn't food. It's candy. Who comes well, up with this dialogue? It's more of an accessory. <sighs> Did anybody else think the way Reno was talking, she's like the chief engineer of this ship? Because you're taking away my power. You're stopping me from doing what I need to do. It's like, like when did that happen? When did she become the chief engineer? We've never known who the freaking chief engineer is. So, I mean, I guess if we're just, like, giving out titles, like, she just went to the bucket and picked it up, and there we go. Yeah, you, you got Chief Lieutenant Engineer Reno and Ensign First Officer Tilly and Stamets, uh, Adira Wesley Crusher, and then, you know, uh, Ambassador, you know, Book. <laughs> we're not supposed to make sense out of this, I don't think. I think that that's the point. <laughs> You're not supposed to think in this in the, in this series. You're not. If I did think, like Book's contribution, though. I've said it, hopefully, fairly consistently. I like him, and I'd like him to fit in. Of course, he's... No Starfleet for him. No. Do you think that that would have gone through, though? Like, had Saru not been, like, as, you know, guarded, do you think that that actually would have happened, though? That Book could have been happy with Starfleet? Or would we have had, like, a Michael Jr. all over again, do you think? I don't I mean, think Book works in Starfleet. I don't know. I think you could... I, I think you could... I don't know. I feel like you could make it work. Maybe it's just because I like the character. Sure. But I feel like you could make it work. Um, however, I will say one thing, as you were kind of alluding into... Leaning into Admiral Vance. Mm-hmm. Um... Another line from Georgiou before she steps through the Stargate. Yeah. Is, you yeah. Know, Do we have the, to talk the, about the, this? The, I don't want to talk about this. No, I'm doing it because I know you won't do it. Because Friggin', she, I hated Michael this. I hated this so much. She can be the captain, and they're setting up for it. How, how, do, I, how do I mute David? You can't. <laughs> Because David, I'm recording my own independent thing. audio, and you can totally—you you have to put this in. 
like we have said repeatedly all three of us that michael burnham is not captain material material she can't Ever. be the captain of this ship and to hear emperor georgiou is saying saru's not the only captain on this ship and no no as far as i'm concerned neither one of them is really captain material like I was complimentary of Saru early on in this season, but not so much anymore. And I'm still out on Michael. All I'm saying, we have a, we have some Kelpians, and hey, we already lost Non to her species, so I'm just gonna put it out there. Saru's gonna go off on a little Kelpian adventure, and then Michael's David. gonna be acting Captain Michael. David, I want to just say, take the time right now and Season just say four. thank you. Say thank you for all your contributions to this show. <laughs> You've been one heck of a co-host. <laughs> Here's your severance check. <laughs> Here's your Disney check. <laughs> I'm just, listen, I'm just saying, it's not like it's what I want. But, you know, you follow the breadcrumbs and it could be completely wrong. And, you know, it's not like, well, we don't we don't do a ton of speculation, but still, I mean, it Well, you know, all all kidding aside, Eric and I did have this conversation briefly. And I said, let's save this for the show. Um, You know, season one, we had Lorca. Season two, we had Pike. Season three, we now have Saru. Do you think that maybe this is the shtick? of Discovery where we have a rotating center seat. Where next season it could be Michael or Tilly or some unnamed Andorian captain. I don't know. How many side missions can you put Michael in? Because every episode it's been like the crew and then Michael's side mission. How many side missions can you write? Mm-hmm. Until well, you just give the her captain, the ship. Can she go on side missions? I mean... Kirk did, but Picard went on very few. So I don't know. I mean, like, do you think, do you, I mean, if we're going to speculate, do we maybe see that happening in season four with Michael becoming captain? As much as it pains me to talk about this. I can very easily see it happening. I don't want it to happen. And I don't think it's the right decision her character especially how she gave it up so easily in the episode earlier her and Saru were like or Saru said we have to go have a conversation and she's like no we don't it's yours I like basically I don't want it but now her now her Georgie said that it was cool At the very, at the very least, let me just put this out there. At the very least, Michael will be first officer again. Oh, that's for sure happening. Yeah, at the very least. What if, what if Saru and Michael switch places? Meaning, like, oh God, that would be a huge mistake, man. Where Michael's captain and Saru is first officer. But would Saru accept? Just going back down to first off, sir. I don't. After he's been the captain. I don't think so. I don't think the I don't think the crew would want it. But I mean, 
they're part of Starfleet now, so Admiral Vance gets to make those decisions. And can we get the can we y'all can we get some new uniforms for our peeps? Crying out loud. If we don't have if we don't have new uniforms in season four, like ones that the rest of Starfleet's wearing, we riot. I'm just saying. We riot. Listen, they're a family. They have to They just, gotta wear matching pajamas? Is that what we're talking about? On yeah, Christmas morning? You know, they're they're not quite the Starfleet family. They're the Discovery family. So you gotta differentiate, man. Hey, we had TNG and DS9. Two different types of uniforms. So why can't we do it here? Because one's 900 years old. <laughs> and, and I was telling Eric, like, even the uniforms now, I feel like we're getting, like, the, the, the motion picture treatment to it. You know, like, there's, like, 14 different uniforms, and you got to need, like, a decoder ring to figure out what, what means what. I mean... Lieutenant Willow, she's wearing like some weird something, like a black something with a gray unitard or whatever. I don't know what she's wearing. It's weird. And then we have like the uneven hemlines, like with like the regular duty uniform. Then the other ones like Bajoran looking for the admirals. Like, what's up with that man? What's up? But all right, have we have we talked through this stuff? I mean, I, I think. Apart from like Admiral Vance, I think he needs to like. He's he's all over the place with me, like with how he approaches stuff. But I think he was like right on the money with with Saru. Like, I see this happening. There's Kelpians in trouble, and you haven't seen Kelpians in a real long time, so you're not thinking clearly. And well, I, I want to th- ask this one question. Yeah. So, Admiral Vance kind of chastises chastises Saru here yeah. for not giving him like the interim short term report but should Saru have given him the report on the Kelpian ship right away or should he have waited till he had the full picture and you know gone to your boss not with part of the story, but all of the story. What do you think? Well, I, I mean, I think that that depends, but like y- you first have just now led off with the fact that you let a non-Starfleet person put a foreign device from the Emerald Chain on the first response ship without like knowing anything about it really them knowing anything about it i mean book just does it took his initiative um so i don't know does he care about the report or does he care more about the fact that saru potentially put the ship in danger and then oh yeah guess what you also have not been like reporting this thing until you know whatever so I don't know if it, I don't know if it was a stacking effect or not. I I don't know. I don't know. But again, this is this is it's it's further evidence. Sure, there may be a new captain <laughs> coming up. It, it, 
It better not be Michael. I swear, if, if Vance makes Michael the captain, I'm going to really not like Vance anymore. But, but why would Vance make Michael the captain? I don't know. Stranger things have happened, my dude. This is Discovery. I think he even understands that Michael is not captain material. Yeah. And I think that that's the difference between forcing writing and letting writing unfold. Because mm. just like I said with the with the mess hall scenes, they feel forced to me. Some of this kind of feels forced in a direction that you want to go per casting. More so than just letting a story unfold naturally. Yeah. I don't know. And now we have what, three episodes to tie everything up? 11, 12, 13 to, to wrap up Discovery and see what happens. And it feels like there's a lot that needs to happen. Yeah. Quite a bit. Alright, well, let's I guess let's, let's move into um, our evaluation of this episode. So, um, Last week on Engage, we um, we introduced a new aspect to how we look at this show, um, and that is the Delta, uh, what we're calling the Delta, where we look at um, you know the the different divisions, right? Like command, science, operations, slash engineering. So um, with that. Um, when we, we look at this, do we see how, how do we see leadership being on display? How do we see science maybe shining through? And finally, do we see um, engineering, technical, mechanical, operational stuff kind of on display at all? So um, I think, Eric, you let off last week. So uh, David, what do you think, man? Um, leadership. I mean, it's a it's a leaderless ship. What are we talking about here? I mean, everybody just kind of does what they want to do. Um, engineering doesn't talk to each other. Seems like nobody knows orders. Oh, Saru gave us blah blah blah, mega access. Well, Reno didn't know about it. Uh, books just plugging stuff in. Nobody really questions it. So, leadership, God, I'd love to see it. But, uh, no. <laughs> no. Uh, science? I mean, what are we talking about here, guys? I mean, what, what are we doing? What are, what are we doing? Science ship, hundreds of thousands of missions at one time. I mean, come on. Um, engineering, at least there was a little bit of, you know, technical sort of stuff in, you know, hey, I'm blah, 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 blah. So I got a little bit of that, and that was neat. But it, it's not really an integral part. I mean, this is much more of a, a science whimsical episode with a guardian, you know what I mean? So, uh,. I mean, I could give about a half a delta to engineering because we did sort of sure. mention that, I guess. But yeah, I mean, you know, where where art thou, leadership? 
Where sure. Art Thou Science, you know, Shakespeare and stuff. Um, but, you know, engineering, <laughs> at least a little bit there. Okay. Eric? So I'm right there with David on command. Like, there's no leadership on this ship. Like, people just do whatever they want without having to get permission, and it's bad. I like the fact that there was some technobabble in this episode. Book comes in with his magical device, and he starts talking about subspace amplifying, and we can do all this, and it was like, oh, hey, we got some technobabble. And I've been missing that. So I'm going to give it a little bit of science for that. And science, not engineering? Is that what you said? Well, yeah, that's... I'm going to give it both. Because I think this scene is both science and engineering operation. Right? So I'm going to give it, like, a combined one between those two things. Like, half for each. But command leadership, it's I don't see it. Yeah, I'm not I'm not seeing much in the way of leadership. I mean, it might be a stretch, like 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 stretch Armstrong kind of stretch, kind of thing, with with uh, Philippa in the in the Terran verse, and like trying to to affect change like in that realm but that's like a hard stretch man um, but like apart from that we didn't see really any science I mean we got like the one snippet right like with in, in engineering with with um, the MacGuffin of sorts not it wasn't a MacGuffin but like just the magical device in general that they're using that book just so happened to have on his ship that makes you know, boosting a radio signal that much better. So I'm right there with you. Like this is like, like a cadet level, like portion of, of engineering. So like, it's a very small portion of engineering. Um, I think that's coming through when it, if we're talking about the different types of divisions, the, the Delta and stuff like that. So um, let's, let's move right into uh, it sounds like the one that we maybe agree on the most is probably the operation slash engineering techno-y stuff, like universally, even if it is like a small amount. So let's let's get into the actual rating of the show. So um, like I said at the beginning to all the listeners, this is the part of the show where we assign a number rating to uh, this particular episode for Terraforma Part 2 uh, on a scale of 1 to 10. 1 being a dumpster fire, 10 being absolutely amazing, and everything in between, of course. So, um, David, um, how would you rate this episode? Four. Wow. Okay. That was easy for you. No, I'll actually explain. Um, <laughs> listen, you, you took two episodes to explain something that should have been done in one. You used the second episode to give a grand send-off to a character who... I think can be cool, but honestly wasn't worthy of a two episode send off. Sorry. Georgiou's fine. Um, you used a plot device 
from one of the better episodes in Star Trek history, and you just made it Carl. And you gave me a sound clip. Cool. Um, and then you used bad graphics. When largely the show has been pretty tight in that sort of thing. The Terran universe was comically overacted in both episodes when it didn't need to be. And you're trying to teach a lesson that was not taught. So, I, I, I mean, as I've said, it's like, what are we doing? What are we? What? Are, what? What is the end game here? I just don't see it. And as I've mentioned, the the chemistry in this crew just seems so off to me because it's not a crew, and it, and that sucks because I was, you know, I I personally. I love season two, and I like season one. But, you know, we're, we're constantly almost distracting ourselves from a, what could be a really cool thing. But I find myself caring less about it as we go along. I'm not saying that everything needs to be overly structured. I'm not saying that we have to have this rigid military awareness of everything. But give me a leader. Give me a direction. And if we're going to send somebody off, don't use something really cool and just crap on it. So for that reason, I don't want to like over exaggerate and say one because like there were I laughed a, a few times. The Kelpian thing. I was it was fun. The sound clip Guardians of Forever. That was awesome I liked it um, but I, I you know I it just I would never watch this arc again it would be a skipper for me so four okay Eric yeah so I hated last week's episode it very just in my stomach I almost wanted to vomit when she walked through that door. And I didn't hate this episode as much as last week's because I knew this was coming. And it didn't it didn't make me feel that strong negative moment like it last week did. And so for that reason I think I liked this episode more than last week's. But not by much. And I think that the writers have just lost the plot. Like, this storyline, even being two episodes, which I don't think it needed to be two episodes, might have worked if you were doing standalone missions. But when you're trying to tell a serialized story, this just does not work. Because, man, we just pulled that e-brake and lost any momentum that we might have had. And I don't think we had that much momentum to begin with. So, yeah, I didn't like this. It's, it's just wrong. I feel like the writers think that 
we as an audience like and care about Georgiou more than we do. But I don't. She's fine. I don't dislike her. But I'm not interested in this Section 31 series at all. Maybe it'll be fine. I don't know. But, ah. Why did we have to do this? Star Trek is at a crossroads. Like, there is so much great science fiction television right now. I mean, we've got, listen, Star Wars is doing well. Its fans love it. Okay? I, I, I'll just say that. Its fans love it. The Expanse just started its fifth season. And that show is amazing. And it's great character-driven story. And there's so much good science fiction. And Star Wars, Star Trek, excuse me, should be in that discussion of great forward-thinking science fiction. But it's not. I don't care about this show anymore. And that's a big failure. And I gave last week's episode a three and a half. I'm going to give this one a four and a half. Just because I knew this was coming. And it didn't make me want to vomit. So for me, um, y'all already know that Unification 3 is my, my most loathed episode of this season I gave it a four and a half and uh when I when I saw this episode Thursday morning so I watched it Thursday morning then again Thursday night when Eric got here and um I I was telling him like man you're in for it when you when you watch this um he's like is that a good thing or a bad thing I'm like I think I think you'll like it more than last week and by all by all rights I, I was correct on that um like Eric, I, for the most part, I like this episode. Um, I, I, I've told y'all, I told y'all last week when we did part, the part one discussion that there's a lot of schmacting, a lot of that overacting that is just cringy and annoying. I can't stand it. Don't I don't like it. I don't want any more of it. And, and just kind of along the same lines of, why are we giving her all this time? Why are we giving Philippa so much time to go away? Um, like, like I said, I think like we said earlier in this episode, you know, between part one and part two, it was a total runtime of Mirror Universe stuff of like 50 minutes. So add on a few extra minutes here and there, and you got a one-hour episode, and that's fine. You could have just done it like in a, a true 60-minute episode. And everything else just felt forced. It felt rushed. Um, I kind of enjoyed the send-off, in, in a sense. Um, but I also felt like they were forcing her to be the Philippa from the Prime, not from the Mirror. Uh, when it was all said and done, like they, they would made her into that. And I'm like, no, no, you, you've been a turd the entire time. No. 
Um, so for me, I'm not going to give this a four and a half because one, this probably won't be a story that I will watch again, but I don't have as much vitriol for it as I did with the other one. So I'm going with, um, for me, I'm going with just a five on this one. Yeah, I'm going, I'm going with a five on this one. So, um, I think it missed the mark, but definitely more enjoyable than last week, in my opinion, and definitely way more enjoyable as far as I'm concerned compared to Unification 3. So. So we're all pretty down. Yeah. Yep. But I'm wondering what people in listener land thought, like if anyone gave it a 10. Let's break out our IMDb. Yeah, if only there was a way to know what other people thought. 6.6. I was just looking at that. Okay, so we're in the ballpark. So, 0.1 higher than last week's. Yeah, and I don't remember what Chase gave last week's, but I think I was the only one that gave a higher rating to this episode than last episode. That sounds right. That's interesting. Anyway. Well, the the thing is, they've already started filming on season four of Discovery. So, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens in terms of who the captain is and who the first officer is. <laughs> Maybe Tilly has her own ship in season four. Maybe Captain, Tilly Captain gets... Bryce. <laughs> you know who I want to see again? I I, I want to see um I want to see the dude from from episode one that they commissioned at that communications relay station. I want to see that dude again. I liked him, but yeah, I doubt I we will. See, he's, he's just still just chilling in that. Apparently, <laughs> with his dissolving bed. Yeah. Ooh, people, 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 people. Oh, you're. I mean, you don't uh, think Michael Burnham, once we found the Federation, went back to this guy and said, hey, look, here it is. Yeah. Maybe they can use you. That'd be nice, wouldn't it? I mean, that would make sense, but I, I doubt that we're actually going to have something like that play out. Well, next week we have The Citadel. And uh, that premieres on Christmas Eve um, on CBS All Access. Did um, I know? I mean, I don't like spoilers either. I don't want y'all to think I like spoilers. But did either of you watch the the preview at the end of the episode? Yes. You know, I actually don't think I did. I, I don't. If I did, I don't remember it. Okay. I kind of want to talk about it real quick, but I kind of don't. Let's do it. There's some interesting images in there. Like in terms of like species, and I pointed something out to Eric, and he's like, "I would have never known that had you not paused that." And um, anyway, we see. Okay. Here's what I'll say. Here's what I'll say. I think Gray is going to be in the next episode. Like. Gray. Like real Gray. Like, like Adira's boyfriend. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's going to be in the next episode. I mean, that would make sense. Just from the images that... That we see. We saw. Yeah. See, see, saw. Yeah. 
Anyway, if anyone wants to watch it, just go check out like the last 10 seconds of it. And it's all the, it's just a 10 second preview for crying out loud. Um, anyway, we'll be back next time to talk about, um, episode 11, the Citadel, which will, I mean, that'll come out the right after, after Christmas next week. So, um, but anyway, dear listeners, thank you for tuning in and hearing us ramble and not really rave, but for, to our ramblings um, about this episode. Uh, what do you guys think? What all y'all think about about this episode um, with Terraforma Part 2? Did you like it? Did you love it? Do you want some more of it? Did you cry so hard? I'm going to stop now. <laughs> all right. Um, let us know what you think. Um, leave us a like and a comment um, on any of our socials. Even comment on the episode. Uh, leave us a review. Uh, we would love that. It's one way that you can definitely support the show. Just let us know how we're doing, what you thought of our discussion. Um, if you want to get in contact with us and find other ways to support the show, you can do that by going to trtvpod.com. Um, check out our, our Hailing Frequencies um, tab. You can also check out our... Um, our donations and support the show uh, portion of our page. We are on all the socials at TRTV Pod. That's Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We have a Facebook group that you can join where we post stuff in there, random stuff, including some episodes every now and again. And um, apart from that, if you do want to get in contact with us, you can use the Hailing Frequencies portion of our page. You can also send us um, an email by entering in coordinates to trtvpod at gmail.com. You can also send us a voice-only transmission to 817-752-4757. Remember, there's a three-minute time limit, and your comments may be used in a future episode. And finally, if you want to write us and, uh, you know, send us something, whatever that something is, like a little bucket of snow. Well, it'll probably be a puddle of water by the time it gets to us, but that's cool. Um, or a dagger, a really cool blade. Just make sure you don't get in trouble with, like, Homeland Security if you're in the States by sending it to us. I mean, just saying. Um, you can send that to us by making sure it gets to the Lone Star Station P.O. Box 2455 Azel, Texas 76098. David, Eric, thank you so much for joining me um, and talking with me today. Appreciate it as always. And to our listeners, thank you again for tuning in. And as always, may you remember to boldly go and make it so.